and welcome to Movie Land. I'm CJ Johnson. Thank you for joining me. We're recording this a couple of weeks before the Oscars. And it is strange to say that because we're actually going to get an Oscars and they're actually going to hand out awards for movies and it's all going to actually happen. And that feels rather nice to me. Jim Flanagan is joining me to talk about the Oscars. He was on Movie Land a few episodes ago to talk about our favourite films of 2020. So we already know some of our favourite films that aren't featured at all in the Oscar nominees, but we'll talk about those that are. Hi, Jim. How are you? CJ. Good, thanks. How you doing? Can you believe we're actually getting some Oscars? This, this to I me, know. feels like the return to normalcy. It does a little, although it looks like it's going to be another rather unusual award ceremony, which is fine. And, you know, we're talking about things a little bit later in terms of the, the announcement schedule. So, yeah, we're, 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 kind of, we're closing in on normal aren't we which is which is nice but yeah it was looking it was looking pretty at risk for a while there so you know now, now how much do you know about what they're doing about how they're actually staging this thing not loads i know the headlines you may know more than me about the logistical minutiae of how they're going to run this thing this is the information that i know yep. basically steven soderbergh is directing it and know that. Yep. it's going to be most of the musical performances are going to take place either at the Dolby Theatre yep. or on the roof of the new Academy Museum. <laughs> uh, some of them are going to be pre-recorded on the roof of the Academy Museum. That was new news today. There's going to be a satellite venue in London for those actors and, well, for those creatives who can get to London who can't get to Los Angeles. Yeah. They're not going to allow anyone to accept via Zoom. And the main nominees, the nominees who are able to get to Los Angeles, are going to be at the Union Railway Station. It's called Union Square or something, Railway Station, which is this beautiful old railway station in Los Angeles. And right. that's and sitting outside, I understand. So that all sounds like a bit of fun. You know, it does sound fun. What's the story? What's your read on the "thou shalt not accept any awards via Zoom"? Um, oh, I think that is that is the most sensible decision of all. The Golden Globes were a disaster yeah, because of Zoom. No disagreement there. Yeah, and I was, think it's this thing of like you've got potentially a billion people watching, yeah. and you can't suddenly cross your fingers when you're crossing to somebody's home Wi-Fi. No, no, that, that was <laughs> that was a shambolic. Uh, viewing experience, and you know, from a kind of project management um, point of view, it was a, it was uh, it was pretty pretty poor. My only question on that is, you know, what if you are an a nominated artist who can't get your ass to either LA or London? Well, then someone accepts it for you. Right. I think that's mm. no problem. Yeah. I. I'm fine with it. I mean, I like Steven Soderbergh anyway, so I'm willing to trust him and give him the benefit yeah, of the I doubt. Yeah, I certainly agree with that. Yeah. So does that mean so if you can't, so if you know if you're one of a, th those artists that fits into that criteria, you can't you can't get your your sweet butt to to either LA or London. Do you just find a friend in one of those cities and you know give him a brief and you know flick him a few hundred bucks to go and hire a, a nice um, outfit and do it that way? I guess that's the plan. Yeah, well, right. traditionally, either the presenter has said, you know, so-and-so can't be here, we'll yes. accept it on their behalf, 
or so-and-so has re- sent a representative. Now, yes. I don't know if that's been allowed since Marlon Brando sent <laughs> a woman dressed up and pretending to be a member of an Indigenous American yes, tribe to go, up, to go up and speak about Indigenous tribal rights, and in which case that might not be allowed anymore. Possibly not. And, and look, apparently the Academy were a little unhappy when – when um, Marlon pulled that move, I, you know, I'd suggest there would be a different response in 2021 to to doing that. But yeah, we'll we'll see. There are certainly, and that's what I'm sort of looking forward to. There are certainly lots of unknowns still. I think about how this is this is going to play out. You can clearly see the producers. They watched the Golden Globes. You know, they they clearly had a bit of a chat after that. They've learnt some lessons. I'm I'm still really curious to see how this this thing rolls. Yeah. The fact is. There's been a lot of awards already. There are front runners. Yeah. I reckon those front runners are going to get themselves, unless they're shooting some film somewhere else, like in Iceland or New Zealand, I think those front runners are going to get themselves to Los Angeles or London if they want to. I think Anthony Hopkins might not bother because he's like, eh, you know, why bother? But, you know, yeah. I think those people who think they're going to win it are going to go to one of those locations. Well, and, you know, looking looking at the major categories, most, most of these are... Uh, either American films or, you know, we know the producers and the main players are America-based, yeah. um, you know, including, you know, Chloe Zhao. So, you know, you, you wouldn't think that would be too much of a logistical nightmare. And clearly that, that's informed their decision as well. Yeah, most of the front runners are based in Los Angeles yeah, exactly. or are London adjacent. I can guarantee you yeah. that no matter what he's doing, Riz Ahmed is going ah. to be willing to quarantine and get himself to London or, yeah, <laughs> or Los Angeles. You'd think so. You'd think we'll be seeing Riz. Yeah. That's for sure. You know what I mean? You've yeah. got to be Anthony Hopkins to be casual about yeah, it. But if too. you're if you, if you're under seventy, <laughs> you want to be there and accept you'll it. You'll probably crack a move. I agree. Yeah, spot on. <laughs> My biggest thing is Thomas Vinterberg because he, Mm. I hope he gets up to win for Best International Film for another round. I'm assuming he will. Mm -hmm. And I'd like him to make a speech. Yeah, I'm going to chat. I'm going to, all right, we'll talk on that category a little bit later. I'm looking forward to to challenging you. And I really like that film, don't get me wrong. It's an excellent film. Well, let's talk about Best Picture. Right. Okay. The nominees are The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Yeah. Jim Flanagan, discuss. Okay. So, look, you look at that list and, you know, normally when the nominees come in, you, you know, you sort of very quickly work out, is this one of those years where there is a selection and a number of very, very good films and it's a really strong year? You know, are there a couple of really, really obvious front runners and, and you know, some not so good films? Or is there a real mixture of some good films and some not very good films? I think this is absolutely one of the latter categories. And to, mm-hmm. me, to me, there are some very good films in that in that list. There are a couple of what I personally think are not good films at all. And there are a couple of exceptional films. So I think it's a really, really mixed bag. Me year. too. All right. I'm surprised. Yeah, if if the best years, if we call the best years a hundred, and we call the worst years one, yeah, this is only really hovering at about a sixty-three to sixty-five. I'm spot on with that. And there are three. There look. There are, there are there are a handful of films here. I think are really good. But I it's it isn't certainly isn't one of those years where there are multiple really special films. Not at all for me. And I think there are a couple of bad films. 
on which that are your list. three that you think are, deserve the nominations? So look, I think I think Sound of Metal is a special film. I really like that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I really like Minari as a film. Um, mm-hmm. I like Judas and the Black Messiah a lot. I like Nomadland a lot. I don't think I like it as much as a lot of the rest of the world does, and I don't like it nearly as much as the writer, Chloe Zhao's last film. So, oh, look, I'm, I'm very fond of those. F- the Father's a good film as well. Um, mm. I don't think it's an outstanding film. It's extremely stagey. Um, yeah. They're, oh, sorry, and Mank. Mank is a very good film as well. Again, I'm, I'm not you know, as in love with it as, as others. So, you know, there are, you know, the majority are good films. Mm. Um, I think how the about father- you? I think the father is exceptionally well conceived, but I think that once you get what's happening and you've been with what's happening for a while, once you get its cleverness, yeah. you've still got another thirty-five minutes or to e- go. even longer. Yeah, yeah, it I does agree. outstay its welcome. Once yes. you get the trick, yeah. if I may be so base as to call what they're doing, which is very clever, yep. a trick, a very clever trick, then you, then the story itself is barely there. Yeah, I, I I agree with that, and it's it's a it's a trick that I think would work in a confined space and in the theater, which is where it was written for, much more effectively than it doesn't seem. It's it it still works really well, and you know once once you're made aware of the 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 very clever, as you say, structural trappings of the of the the writing, you know it's it's impressive, but it's really really stagey, and I think. It 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 just it suffers a lot from that, and I think that's my problem with uh, the the you know the front runners and the nominees this year generally. I think with Mank as an obvious exception, there's not a whole lot of cinema happening here. You know, I th- I think Judas and the Black Messiah is solid historical cinema. Sure, abs- absolutely, in a very very conventional way. So's Minari. That's a really classical, conventional piece of filmmaking. Um, I don't like the Trial of Chicago Seven as a film much at all, and I, and and um, I have very complicated feelings about Promising Young Woman as a film as well. I just I just don't think there's a lot of extremely cinematic films in that list. I think Mank is the obvious exception there. Nomad Nomadland is a very good film as well, but again, you know, cinematically it's 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 pretty straightforward stuff and I got some big problems with some of the some of the the production decisions that that have been made in that. But I just think this is a list of films that is for yeah, for want of a better way of putting it, it's lacking cinema. Tell me if you disagree. No, I agree entirely. That's why none of the films truly truly excite me. The, yeah, the film I, all I agree of, with that. Of all the films across the nominations, my favourites are in the other category, in the best international yep. film category. All right, I'm with you there. I, look, and I, I 100% agree with the statement that you just made, that there is there is nothing in that list of films that really, really excites me. I don't think there is anything that is a special, really unique piece of cinema. I'll tell you there. what. I'll tell you what. I guess looking at this eight, if I yep. had to hand the Oscar to one of this eight... I suppose I would probably hand it to Judas and the Black Messiah, but I wouldn't mm. feel satisfied. But I'll tell you what I'm starting to think. Okay. You and I have talked about Promising Young Woman, I believe, and I think I think if it had ended at the 11-minute 
out from the end mark, it would have been great. But yeah. the, what they did in the last four minutes, I think, kind of ruined the film, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I got to say this. The more I think about Promising Young Woman, the more I think about how it touches a nerve in 2021, right. the more I speak to young women yeah. who really relate to that film, the more I think about its boldness and brashness and effervescence and style and the fact that it's a debut is I'm starting to be willing to forgive its terrible ending and admire just its it's brashness and its boldness. I understand that. Okay. Let's talk about that film for a second. Okay. Cause I have have very complex feelings about, I could, you know, this is such important subject matter. And I guess that's what I dislike about this film. I just feel that this subject matter and the extraordinarily important cultural, um, moment that we are having and our culture is rightly evolving very very quickly now you know we live in a post me too world there's a lot of work that's still to be done i feel that that subject matter is deserving of stronger films than this to me and look and i think it i think it pales in comparison to a film like the assistant which has so much more power and subtlety than than this film does in in dealing with you know broadly similar subject matter and i just i just don't think this film does its its subject matter any justice at all i, I it's just it's not a well i don't think it's a well written film i think the the characters are these sort of clunky chessboards being moved around the 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 piece to to kind of flesh out the the sort of sledgehammer way that it deals with these issues and i just think it's a bit of a tonal hot mess as well i just i don't think it's a very well constructed film it's a classic first film right it's it's clearly a hugely talented very young director full of ideas and you know really good visuals often um that just isn't quite there yet I agree with everything you've just said, and I especially agree that the assistant tackled a similar realm of subject matter much better. As you know, the assistant is my favorite film of the year. I think the assistant should win best picture. It's nowhere nominated across all the nominations. But I do think I would, of these eight, of these eight, I would be kind of okay with it winning because at least it's standing on a rooftop and screaming. That's true. That's and true. Yeah, yeah, maybe screaming, you know, doesn't sound as good as, you know, the the dulcet tones of Judas and the Black Messiah or Nomadland, but at least it's screaming, you that's know, true. And, I, and I hear it reverberating yeah. with younger people. Yeah, no, look, that's true. I don't, I don't personally think it is a good enough film to win awards, but I, 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 yeah, I hear what you're saying. It's there's an there's an anger that's pretty, you know, rightly palpable in that. I, yeah, I don't personally think it's nearly an accomplished enough film to be, and that's that's difficult, right? And you know, people have been talking about this a lot. It's very difficult sometimes to separate the importance of a subject matter from the quality of how it's being told and the way it's being told. That's that that's difficult, and that's certainly difficult with an issue as important and as widespread as the issues that that film is dealing with. So it sounds to me like you'd be most happy with Sound of Metal I think taking I, it. I think I would. I, I have more problems with all of the other films than that film. That that film sort of touched me in a way that none of the other films did. And there's a lot to like in, in you know, in the other films. The Sound, the Sound of Metal to me has a one really, really special performance. It's a really... Um, you know, that sort of cliche that, you know, and like most cliches, this has an element of truth that, you know, a, a good film shows you a world you've never seen before. 
And if, you know, if we apply that to this list of eight films, The Sound of Music to me achieves that in a way that none of the other films do. I just, I just love that you just said the sound of music rather than sound of metal. <laughs> the sound I of did, music touches you in ways that other films just don't. <laughs> Still banging the drum for Julie well, Andrews in why, those Alps. Why not? Christopher Plummer. So can you explain to me why Nomadland is the red hot front runner? I just don't get it. I think it's a decent film. I think it's a very solid three and a half star film. Yep. I think it's beautiful. I think it's got a central performance that's fantastic. But I'm just surprised because it's not it's not a passionate film and I'm surprised that anyone is passionate about it. I agree with that. And look, I was certainly a little bit surprised when I got to the end of Nomadland as well. And, and look... Bizarrely, this is disappointing, CJ. We're agreeing with each other far too much in this, but let's, <laughs> let's crack on and sit, let's, let's see how we go. Yeah, look, I I finished the film and and basically felt exactly the same way. I enjoyed it. I really I really like Chloe Zhao as a filmmaker. I love the writer, and I think that's a much better film. Actually, yeah, I'm with I'm with you. I just I didn't find it nearly as involving as I had expected to. I it was too episodic and repetitive for me in the 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 and I know that's in that's largely intentional um but that there's there there was just an emotional distance and especially in the last reel it's a little bit of tedium for for me um with mm. that but okay most importantly for me I really really disliked the score in this the Ludovico I now ah. I now score he's a composer that is increasingly getting um a lot of film work and indeed he's nominated he's he, he's scored several other films that are, that are nominated this year look i really intensely look personally i really dislike his particular brand of syrupy minimalism generally um, sure and i found it hugely distracting in this film especially the second half there are huge amounts of it it's very obvious to me it's 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 film music that really you know tells you how to feel really spells out emotionally what you're expected to experience as a viewer. I really dislike heavy-handed scoring generally like that um mm -hmm. and i just yeah i i found that hugely distracting in this film what point made and fair enough um off the top what do you think is going to win i think nomadland's going to going to clean up uh, yeah i think it is probably too yeah and look you know i there are there are certainly worse films that have um that have won best picture and lots of other um categories so you know it, it, it could be worse um i was reading something bizarre i think in the new york times earlier in the week about the the trial of the chicago seven possibly being an outside chance and i i find that bizarre because i i think that's a really terrible film personally but yeah uh, it's it, it's poorly directed and it's it's a bit clunky i mean it's a great history lesson a great oh, it's history a really lesson. again it's it's a really it's a really important story actually it's a super history lesson yeah. and it's an extremely moving story but it's, it's clunky <laughs> it's so speechy as well and Look, Sasha and, and also the ending didn't happen. Oh, You're not allowed which, to have a goosebumpy ending one? when there the goosebumpy. There are seven he, endings. When he stood up, <laughs> spoiler alert, oh, when he when stood, Andrew, stood up yeah. and said, I'm now going to recite these whatever 5,000 yeah. names and it's going to take us 23 hours yeah. and starts doing it, didn't happen. Yeah. So, and that is your goosebump moment. Mm, so it's, it's just, 
I, I don't think you're allowed to do that. You can't rewrite history to give your movie a triumphant ending. I, None of those people had a triumphant ending. I agree. Yeah, look, Aaron Sorkin seems to run into problems now when he's writing and directing. It just it just goes astray. This, to me, is just so speechy. And Sasha Baron Cohen is a, is a comedic genius. And I, I love so much of what he does. He's terrible in this. His accent crosses like seven state lines and, you yeah. know, at least three continents. And it's, it's not... It's no I'm good. on record agreeing with you on that. His, it's, it's his accent. It's unfortunately yeah, his accent. You can't get around it. Now he's no based in time. Sydney these days, so indeed. I don't know whether he will um he will be there because he'll want to be there to support his co-star, yes. who's nominated for best supporting. Yes. Anyway, let's go to international feature film. Oh, there's a bit to talk about here. All right. So my favorite film of all the nominees. In all the categories, yep. my favourite film is in this category. It's another round yep. by Thomas Vinterberg. It's nominated. It's from Denmark. It's up against Better Days from Hong Kong, Collective, the documentary from Romania, The Man Who Sold His Skin from Tunisia, yep. and Quo Vadis Aida from Bosnia. Can I ask, have you seen all of these films? No, right. I've only seen Another Round, Collective, and The Man Who Sold His Skin. Okay. All right. Okay. So I have seen Quo Vadis Aida, Collective, and... Uh, and another round. So there you go. We've got a bit of overlap there. So interestingly, my favourite film by far um, of all the nominees is also in this category, and it's a different f- film from yours. Collective. Yes. Collective is extraordinary. I oh love Collective. Goodness. It's it's That's incredible. Funny. It's incredible that he was there to get all that stuff. The story is amazing. You could tell someone they were watching a narrative feature film and they'd believe you, like Honeyland last year. But mm. I just... I'm just a bit sad about the category crossover. I'm happy for it to win Best Feature Documentary, but I just... You don't is, think This it happened should... last year with Honeyland, and I'm not sure it's a good idea to what? merge the documentary in the... But surely if a documentary is of a certain calibre, it transcends just the... It should transcend just the documentary category and be eligible for others. Or do you, or do you not agree with that statement? Well, I partially agree with it. Okay. I... I the way you Elaborate, phrased it just CJ. the way you phrased it just then was so reasonable that I can't disagree with the way you phrased it. However, looking at it a different way, although they're both the creation of feature length works of cinema, mm. they're two different skill sets. The skill set employed to make another round mm-hmm. and telling a story that is well told and resonates on you know a humanistic level versus Mm -hmm. documenting real life and then crafting that into you know a hundred minutes of engaging cinema are two different skills so why not let them have their own categories and not merge over i mean another round can't go over to documentary so why should the documentary also be able to come over into the category that i thought was honoring people's ability to tell fictional stories i'm going to disagree with you because i think you know documentary making is is as valid and as subjective i think as a form of storytelling. I think you're telling a story just as much with a documentary. Every decision you make as a filmmaker in terms of the writing, writing, the editing, the the selection of of um of of what you shoot informs the story that you're telling to such an extent that I'm gonna politely disagree with you. And I'm I'm really fine with documentaries being considered for other categories as well. And I just I to, 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 this is a very this is a good example where I think 
collective is such a strong extraordinary piece of cinema i think it would be unfortunate and i'm in violent agreement that it should be considered in other categories as well but we can we can respectfully disagree okay now i do think i do think another round will win this category i agree i certainly agree with that it's a bit of a darling um, it's also a bit of a crowd pleaser in in some ways. You know, it also has an unusually happy ending for a Thomas Finterberg film, which blows my mind. It was one of the only things that that didn't quite um, work with me. But um, yeah, look, I, I love it as well, and I think it's it's I think it's a great film, and yeah, I think it'll kill it. This is one of the things I appreciate about Another Round in the context of Oscar-nominated films. Mm is that Another Round is simultaneously the kind of film that you and I really get jazzed over. It's, you know, it's about something. It's well thought through. It's got integrity. It's all that stuff. For want of a better word, it's, you know, artsy-fartsy. But it's simultaneously completely accessible, bordering on totally mainstream. It's both of those things at the same time, which I think is incredible. I agree. And that's a special kind of genius filmmaker who can pull that off because that's extremely hard to do. And and that's it. And that's why this is such a special film because it's a really, you know, it's a really... In, in some ways, very easily digestible kind of rollicking good time piece of entertainment as well. It's it's also one of the absolute best representations of friendship I have ever seen in literature or cinema or everywhere. It's a really special representation of 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 male friendship. And it's look, it's, it doesn't have to apply just to you know, it doesn't have to be gender specific, but um, it's it does several things. You know, it's full of ideas. It's full of one central fascinating idea that he kind of pulls into a million different ideas. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's a, it's a special film. And I do feel a little bit, I feel a little bit, I don't know, old-fashioned or non-woke or something to say, oh, I think this one should actually be winning best film in the other category, considering that you've got something like Promising Young Woman or something like Chloe Zhao with Nomadland. For me, arguing, oh, this film about male friendship and male problems, you know? But I do think it's the, in terms of actually a crafted film, I do think it is the superior film of the year. Oh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's right up there. Did you have issues with the ending? Or is that just me? I found it a little bit too pat and contrived when, spoiler, when, you know, um, the, you know everyone that was left effectively got it. Yeah, got okay, it. don't spoil anymore. I, did ha- I had no problems with the ending. I okay. loved it. All right. I thought it was a little Grease-like. <laughs> it <laughs> you know, is. The car, car going off into heaven. Everyone's, yeah. you know. Ah. No, I think I think it really worked, and I okay. think it made the film right. very complicated because I don't think it's a moralizing film. No, it's not it's at all. Really complex works. film. Yeah. yeah. No. All right. I think that will kill it. I do think Collective is is a better film. Though. Fair enough. Now I got to tell you this. I don't think you should bother with the man who sold his skin. Okay. I don't think it's a very good film at all, Ooh. and I'm frankly rather astonished that it's in the mix. All right. In response to that, I will return serve and tell you that you should definitely bother with Quo Vadis Ida, and that is possibly my second favourite film nominated in all categories. And I, I won't. I, maybe we can talk about that another time, but that. That to me does several things at once in a not dis, in a very different way, but in a not dissimilar. When you're talking about you know sort of the, the, the kind of crowd pleasing film and also being a you know a really complex you know art film, this film does something similarly. It's simultaneously a 
terrifying edge of your seat, almost genre thriller. And this extraordinarily moving, disturbing, historical piece of very complex movie making at the same time. That's all I'll say. That is worth, that is, that is absolutely worth seeing. I can't wait. I will certainly see it. Um, do, hopping over to documentary feature, we've mm. got Collective, Crip Camp, yep. The Mole Agent, My Octopus Teacher, and Time. I have seen of those Collective and My Octopus Teacher, and I certainly know which of those I believe should win I, the Oscar over the other. <laughs> I would agree with that. Look, I think it would be a little bit of a farce if, um, yeah, there's there's only there's only one winner really there for me. No disrespect to the other films. Have you seen? Have you? What, what did you think of Time? I haven't seen Time. Oh, I, I understand it's. Right. I understand it's. A major piece of filmmaking. Yes. Yeah. I've seen Time. I, Time is a very good film. I still absolutely think Collective is is uh, is the film that that should uh, win. My Octopus Teacher. Little bit of <laughs> uh, Netflix generation curious choice, but hey, it's twenty twenty one, so. It's extraordinary that the, my octopus teacher is even being considered, That's, and it won the BAFTA the other day. I, I mean, it's going to win, and it's, it's just extraordinary. It's, I find that truly bizarre, in all honesty. When you've got something like Collective, yes. which is just, I mean, it's one of the most perfect documentaries I've ever seen. It's just not only the getting of the footage, but it's the assembling of it. It's oh. the way that story is told. It's unbelievable. Oh, and it's- Whereas my octopus teacher, a guy went out the back and filmed an octopus. Well, and-, and then later on, they filmed some soppy stuff about him well, and his life. And then they put the two together and called it a film. Well, let's be honest. It's just sort of pop philosophy junk. In, in, it in my is opinion, pop philosophy right? it's nothing yeah. more than that. And Collective is has is one of the most moving documentaries I've ever seen in my life. And, and I'll say this about Collective: it has some of the most disturbing footage I've ever seen in a documentary ever. Yeah, ever, I, I, I ever. know exactly what you're talking about. It's just it has such an impact. This this film, it's it's just it's a bit offensive that my octopus. No disrespect, people can make what they want. You know, um, it's 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 almost offensive though that those two films are being considered in the same category. I kind of agree with you. Now, neither of us have seen The Mole Agent yet. No, it is getting an Australian so cinematic I release. I can't wait to hear yep. see it. It's meant to be really good. Yeah, so I've heard. Um, is there any other category you'd like to have a look at? Look, I I want to give a special quick uh, and look, you know, I'm a, I'm a, this is certainly spe- um, close to my heart. The music category is mm-hmm. normally a non-event, and the Academy usually, you know, uh, you know, lavishes praise on pretty pretty straightforward conventional scoring. I really really love the Trent Reznor Atticus Ross score for for Mank. Um, I didn't know they had that in them. It's such a magical. Um, re-representation of a you know golden age hollywood score referencing all of the different types of music that the screen composers that were you know making films at the time were referencing it's such a rich complex extraordinary score and just full of banging fantastic melodic content as well i think it's a really special score well, that's clever. I mean, if that's what they're doing, and you know that more than I do, because that's that's your bag. That's clever, and I think the people within the academy, within the branch, will recognise that. I agree. So that sounds to me like it's going to win because they'll they'll get that too. They will. It'll be absolutely be the inside geek 
choice. And I, yeah. And interestingly, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are also nominated for um for Soul, which I haven't seen, the, the Pixar animation, which I've heard is great. Um, yeah, the other one's really, really straightforward. I just think Mank is, is worth a, a mention. It's a, it's a magical, extremely inventive, clever score. That's cool. I love everything Terence Blanchard does with Spike Lee, and I did like the score for De Five Bloods. Yeah. What you're telling me about Mank, I'm, 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 I'm voting for it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's certainly got mine. Well, here's my, speaking of music, yes. here's my little, if you've got 10 bucks, I would place it on Husevik as best original song in the original song category, Husevik from Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. Good God. This song is going to win the Oscar. It is a song that is designed to sound like a Eurovision song, and it does, but like the best Eurovision songs, it really works yeah. as an incredibly emotive, beautiful three-minute pop ballad. But, and possibly as – are they playing that live, do you know? Because that – you know, the Academy loves something that works really well live at the awards night as well. Yeah. I'm assuming well- – we're going to hear all five yeah. nominated songs. Yeah. Some of them, as I said, it just was announced today that they're going to be pre-recorded on the roof of the almost completed Academy Museum in Los Angeles. And I think some of them will be performed live at the Dolby right. Theatre. So correct so me if I'm wrong, there's, all, there's yeah. going to be a, perf- a live performance of all of them still. Because that, okay, yes. right, okay, interesting. And picturing that song, um, it, it it was lip-synced by Rachel McAdams in yeah. the movie, but it's actually sung by this Icelandic singer. And <laughs> I know what she looks like, and I can imagine her singing it, and I can imagine her singing it in a flowing gown on top on the roof of the Academy Museum with helicopters or drones pulling back, and it will give everyone goosebumps. Have you seen that film? Yeah, of course. Right. I love you. After movies, man, Eurovision is my second favorite thing. <laughs> I'm a Eurovision obsessive. I am so not surprised to hear that, CJ, and I mean that with love. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I didn't. I the, the critics were ruthless with um with this film. I didn't quite hate it as much as um it's it's critical mauling. I've got to say, it's it's pretty lazy, <laughs> often. But um, I didn't I didn't have an altogether unpleasant time watching it when I was sick in bed. It's it's ago. lazy and sloppy as hell, yeah, but there's a, there's a place for that. It's a celebration rather than a piss take Ag- of Eurovision. Agreed. So all of us worldwide Eurovision fans, we all when we heard it was going to happen, we we're all like, no. And then when we saw it, we we're like, oh, oh, okay. It's not making fun. It's actually a total celebration. Yeah. No. No. I'm with. I'm with. I'm with you on that. Um, any other ones? Do we dare go into the acting category? Yeah. Briefly? Let's. Let's. Go where eagles dare to not tread to mix to mismatch all of my film metaphors intentionally. Yeah, let's do that. The one that's wide open is actress Viola Davis mm. for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andra Day for the United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of Woman, Frances McDormand for Nomadland, and Kerry Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. I think Frances McDormand's going to walk away with that. Do you really? Yeah. Interesting. You disagree? Disagree is a funny word because you know I don't know I I wouldn't take that bet if mm. I had to bet you know where I think I might place my bet mm. I might place it on Viola Davis yeah look that yeah that would not surprise me at all look what's your what was your look to me that's another good very very stagey film based on a play full of really good performances 
really, really stagey, very, very talky, not very cinematic. Um, yeah. What was yeah. what? And her performances to the bleachers. I think the most yeah. interesting race is between Frances McDormand and Carrie Mulligan yeah. because Frances McDormand is doing textbook naturalism mm. and Carrie Mulligan is doing a style. Yeah. You know, her yeah. acting is suiting the style of the film. Yeah. So there it's it's apples and oranges. If you like your naturalism, you've got to go McDormand. If you like your style, you've got to go carry Mulligan. But uh, look, I'm I'm with you. I think that, you know, the, the times and what the world is is going through currently for all the all the right reasons that we talked about earlier may, you know, give this to Viola Davis. Actor in a leading role, Riz Ahmed for you, Your Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman for mm. Ma Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins for The Father, he just won the BAFTA, yep. Gary Oldman for Mank, and Stephen Ewan for Minari. Yeah, I gotta say, and that that's there's no there's not a bad performance there. Um, they're all, they're all excellent in those films. Actually, there are no, you know, unlike some of the other categories, there are, there's nothing, <laughs> something awful there. Uh, look, I, I love Riz Ahmed in that film. Um, yeah, look, the, I Chadwick Boseman's performance in that—that that was sort of my least favorite of his. I think I know that it's been really celebrated, and he was, he's, he was such a magical, special performer. Um, I, it's not my favourite thing that he's done. In fact, it's one of the only things that he's done that I found a little much. It's one of those things where it almost feels so preordained mm. that it is inevitable. Yeah. I've never heard, mm. or I maybe I have, but I've rarely heard such early agreement yeah like it's kind of been for months now oh well in that category don't look over there because that chadwick boseman is winning that can i ask you a cynical question what extent do you think that um has been informed by the fact that um that he very very tragically passed away um last year i will see your cynicism and double down on your cynicism with this if they're not having to cast their final votes till next week, mm. what if Anthony Hopkins died tomorrow? Ooh. How cynical oh, is that? That is, that is dark, <laughs> CJ. You, you, you really went there. <laughs> mm. I still think the momentum would, would take um, um, Chadwick over yeah. the line with that. I guess my point being that, yes, I absolutely think that the fact that he died and died young yeah. is is part of it. Yeah, I think that's part of the inevitability. Yeah. I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve it yeah. at all. Yeah. What I'm saying is that that is absolutely baked into this sense of yes. inevitability, yeah, is yeah. that he died, we're not going to get any more. He was Black Panther, so he has that appeal as well. Yeah. You know, it's, the whole package adds up. And it's interesting, isn't it? You look at, I, I think, I actually think that the the lineup of 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 you know in this category this year is is in a really really good way uh, a sign of the times right you um it's it is far broader you know you, 20 25 years ago Gary Oldman would walk away with that and yeah and um Reese would probably wouldn't have been even nominated which would have been uh you know a disgrace but you know we've we've come a long way and I just I I you know that's a that's a pretty solid line up of some of the better performances of the year by by the fellas i think couldn't agree more mm. couldn't agree more absolutely yeah you're right what and do you think at- what do you think of oldman in in mank oldman being you know hammered for two and a bit hours or, or in bed i think he's great i think it's a super- he is he's great but it's almost it's almost like watching 
Anthony Hopkins or Daniel Day-Lewis yeah. be great. I suppose mm. I take it for granted. I yes. mean, those guys know what they're doing. Well, and I, they've been doing it for 30 years and I've gotten used to how well they do it well, that I don't notice it particularly. I think that's right. And with Mancus, a film as a whole, you know, it's such a magical technical marvel in so many ways and it's almost everything in it in lots of ways is, is pretty perfect. But there's just this... It's just this sensation that you can't shake that you've seen all of this before. You've seen all these people do this before. And, you know, I, I love re-representations of the, you know, golden eras of Hollywood like that. But we've sort of been there. There's no recently. emotional connection with no. the audience. It is an intellectual academic film. And a in brilliant a good way, one. Absolutely. There's nothing for an audience to engage with emotionally. I, and I think yeah. that's why it's going to be the like 10 nominations, no wins yeah, type of movie. Maybe a couple of technical wins just to, you know. Yeah. 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 No, I totally, completely agree with that. But it won't even win sound design because that'll go to Sound of Metal. I'd freaking better. That's It that's, could win cinematography, I suppose. Yeah. Maybe costumes as well. I think the costumes are magical, actually. So mm. I, I don't know. I kind of I kind of see, and the Academy does that often. It's like, you know what? This is this is a good film. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sprinkle you with a couple of technical stuff, and you can piss off for the second half of the the night, and we'll you know we'll yeah that that's a distinct possibility, I think. I've got to go feed my child, but let's quickly Please do writing do original that. screenplay, okay, and adapted. So original screenplay: Judas and the Black Messiah, yeah. Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Who would you give it to? Sound of Metal. What about? Oh, you? of course you would. Well, I. I guess even though the ending bothered me, and even though I think it has problems, once again, just for its for its brassiness, yep. I'm thinking maybe I would give it to Promising oh, Young Woman. Yeah, all right, we'll politely disagree on that one. Okay, I'm, I mean, I think Judas and the Black Messiah. Once again, it's a solid, solid, solid film, but I think its screenplay is probably its least solid. Yeah, thing. Well, I think it's a much better piece of writing than Promising Young Woman, personally, but. That's just me. And writing adapted screenplay, The White Tiger, One Night in Miami, Nomadland, The Father, and Borat's subsequent movie film delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Can we just pause there for a second and just just please explain and talk through why this is nominated in that category? Tell okay. me if I've missed something blitheringly obvious here. Because it's a sequel. And all sequels are adaptations of their previous versions. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't think so. I think that makes perfect sense. The The Empire Strikes Back is an adaptation of Star Wars because it's using characters created for Star Wars. It's... Borat is an adaptation of Borat sure. because it's using Borat. So surely my, my take on that is that surely an adaptation is about transferring one work from one format into another rather than a continuation of an existing story in the same format. That's just Once me. again, your reasonableness <laughs> I, it cannot be disagreed with. <laughs> uh, I actually th I think that I'd quite like Borat to win that category. I really like the, the second Borat film. Um, I'd love her to win um, Best Supporting Actress. There. I think Borat might win that category. I, so. I don't think she's going to win Best Supporting Actress because no, it do sounds I. like that is going to go to the granny yeah. from Minari. Yeah, there's a Her bit of momentum there. Yu Jong Yun. I've got to say, she's killer in that film. She she's yeah. distractingly. Everyone's good in that film. She's distractingly good. The second she sort of enters stage left, I think. 
So who's actor in a supporting role? Oh, you know who I... So mm-hmm. Sasha Baron Cohen, Trial of Chicago 7, Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami, Lakeith Stanfield, Judas and the Black Messiah, but I would like to see win Paul Racy for Sound of Metal. Yeah. He, he, to me, was the heart and soul mm, of that film. I agree. He's the sort of emotional centre of the of the film. And, yeah, I, I, I'd be fine with um, Judas and the Black Messiah. Win. They're both great actually um as long as i mean this with love sasha baron cohen doesn't get a nod for that travesty i'm 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 good i i agree with you (laughs) on that note jim i gotta let you go all right uh, let's do this again immediately post the oscars indeed because we're going to have a lot to talk about because, you, you know, a lot so. could go wrong and a lot could potentially go right. I'm hopeful a lot goes wrong. It's, it's much more interesting when everything <laughs> goes wrong. I suspect it will. I suspect you will. We'll right. soon see. Take care, Cheers, man. CJ. Jim Flanagan has joined me to talk about the Oscars and we'll check in with each other when the Oscars finish. You've been listening to Movieland with CJ Johnson.